lot, the boys are just kicking. To smash and clash and crash it up for you. It's the Great American Bash on paper. How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me is Leonard. And we are coming back at you this week for another one of our pay-per-view rebooks. Previously, we've done only WrestleManias, but we are switching gears to the Great American Bash 1991 WCW. Leonard, before I introduce the event, why don't you talk about why you chose this particular event? It's considered to be one of the worst pay-per-views of all time by a mainstream wrestling company, by most wrestling fans. And I think the main reason that people are irked by this show is that there is great talent up and down the card, but they're used in all the wrong ways. They either have the wrong opponent or the wrong tag partner, or they're given the dumbest gimmick on earth to have to do something with. And of course, the biggest monkey wrench here is the fact that Ric Flair leaves the company two weeks before the show right. and takes the world title belt with him physically right. because he literally owned the belt. Back in the day, you had to put a $25,000 deposit down. Right. And Ric Flair was feuding with Jim Hurd, who was running the company at the time, and didn't get along. And actually, right before we started to record, you know, my fiance, who doesn't know wrestling, will ask me, hey, what are you talking about tonight? And I said, oh, we're talking about the show and it's considered to be so bad and how Ric Flair left the company because this guy wanted him to drop the title to uh, Lex Luger. And then they were going to put him down the card and make him cut his hair and wear an earring and become a pirate. And she's like, you're messing with me, right? Because, of course, I mess with her all the time on things. And I go, no, no, this is this is 100 percent true. And then I showed her the clip of the, the the capture of the flag scaffold match. And she was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like, why are they up there? Why are they doing that? And uh, so it's just, again, you're going to preview the card. But when we talk about rebooking this show, I think it's just about trimming the dead weight, getting rid of the bad gimmicks, figuring out what you're going to do with the title picture. Another thing is that None of the belts are defended on this show. You have you have the to to fill the vacant world title, but none of the other belts are defended. And it should also be mentioned that you have a vacant world title. Uh, Lex Luger wins that, and he was U.S. champ. So then your U.S. title is immediately vacant coming out of the show. Right. And the Steiner brothers, Scott Steiner, had a bicep injury. So they wound up having to drop the titles coming out of this show. So you have vacant world title belts. And it's just a really bad look to have all these vacant titles. And it's just a, a mess of a show. So if there's any show that can stand a rebook, it's probably Great American Bash 1990. It's this one. And we'll get to some of those factors you mentioned. And we'll see what we change. You know, usually mm -hmm. when I allow ourselves one cheat, we'll, we will see... Um, we will see what happens with that. And I should mention that we we did not bring back Ric Flair. No. That is not the cheat. That we did not say Ric Flair hung out for two more weeks. Yeah, we, uh, so we, we try to keep our rebooks within the realm of reality to a point. We might fudge something here or there, but uh, we, we try to stay logical. Uh, mm -hmm. We use 
uh, you know, sites that give us the exact roster on the exact day. Now, on that note, this one was harder because you had, this was the first pay-per-view that WCW did after their uh, split from the NWA. Mm -hmm. So you had like people on this event that were not on the site on the roster, according to the site we looked at. So you kind of had to, I had to go to a couple different sites to really see like, okay, who all did they have? Who all do I want to use? That sort of thing. But we'll get to that. Um, let's preview the event first. This was the third Great American Bash. And uh, as I said, it was the first one held by WCW since the split from the National Wrestling Alliance in January of 91. Um, and the event took place July 14th, 1991 at the Baltimore Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. Leonard already talked about how Ric Flair had just quit. And the events had the following matches. The dark match was the Junkyard Dog defeating Black Bart. We had Pia News and Bobby Eaton defeating Steve Austin and Terrence Taylor with Lady Blossom in a Capture the Flag scaffold match. The Diamond Stud defeating Tom Zank. Ron Simmons defeating Oz with Merlin the Wizard. Richard Morton with Alexandra York defeating Robert Gibson. We had Dustin Rhodes and the Young Pistols, which are Tracy Smothers and Steve Armstrong defeating the Fabulous Freebirds. Uh, Jimmy Garvin, Michael Hayes, and Bad Street with Big Daddy Dink in an elimination match. We had the Yellow Dog defeating Johnny B. Bad with Theodore Long. Big Josh defeating Black Blood with Kevin Sullivan. El Gigante defeating One Man Gang with Kevin Sullivan. Nikita defeating Sting in a Russian chain match. Lex Luger defeating Barry Windham in a steel cage match for the vacant WCW World Heavyweight Championship. And Rick Steiner defeating Arn Anderson and Paulie Dangerously in a steel cage match. So that is the card we have. So, Leonard, this match, this, this card, I should say, has 12 matches on it. My card does not have 12 matches on it. I don't believe I have 12 either. I did book a dark match. Which, which usually I don't, but I did book a dark match. And my dark match is the hardliners of Dick Slater and Dick Murdoch versus the desperados of Dead-Eye Dick and Black Bart with Dutch Mantel. Okay. So the hardliners um, were Lumberjacks in the Lumberjack match, but they didn't wrestle on the card. And, Dead, and Black Bart wrestled in the dark match uh, against JYD. But the Desperados, for those who don't remember, were a trio of bumbling cowboys. And they did these vignettes that looked like it was like one of those old West town, you know, where you go in and they and, and they do like the, the fake gunfights and stuff like that's what it looked like. <laughs> and they're looking for Stan Hansen. Like they want to hook up with Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen hated this idea, thought it was stupid, and he just left for Japan. So the Desperados just kind of floundered around until the end of the year. And they were used as jobbers and filler on house shows. But I think the characters match up. You got rednecks and cowboys. But all these guys are old school brawlers. Um, so just let them go out there five to seven minutes, have them brawl, and kind of get the crowd kind of juiced up with that fighting uh, before you go to the main show. Well. That's a good dark match. This is the first time I don't have one. So, Leonard, why don't you go ahead with your first match? First match of the show, shifting gears from a brawl to a high-flying uh, encounter. I have uh, Freebird Bad Street with Big Daddy Dink versus Flying Brian Pillman. So, Pillman was the yellow dog. 
uh, underneath a mask. It's a dumb gimmick. Yeah. Uh, so I'm taking the mask off of Brian Pillman. Now, Bad Street was Brad Armstrong. Great worker. I've heard many people, including Jim Cornette, say he's like probably one of the best workers never really ever get over, but a fantastic worker in the ring. And to keep the heel face dynamic, that's why I'm going to keep him under the mask as Bad Street and not have him be Brad, Brad Armstrong. Uh, but, you know, again, high flying opener that helps to excite the crowd. Uh, you know, having a lot of people do the cruiserweight matches to start the thing. So you start with a brawl in my dark match. You come back with a high-paced, uh, high-flying match. I would certainly put Pillman uh, over in this. And I did mention but I would put the hardliners over in the dark match as well. All right. Well, yeah, that would be a good one. Uh, so I have opening my card. I have stunning Steve Austin with Lady Blossom versus Bobby Eaton in a two out of three falls match for the TV title. And this match likely happened later on. I know they had a feud, these two. Um, I say put it here, have them open it. You know, WCW prided itself on having, you know, the better wrestling matches at this time. And what better way to illustrate that right off the bat than with these two? Uh, Steve Austin was a much different wrestler at this point. Bobby Eaton is one of the best um, in terms of in-ring work. And uh, yeah, you would have uh, you would have a great showing here between these two guys. And uh, you know, I would I would probably have Stunning Steve go over here. Yeah, that's that's a great, uh, good matchup. Best workers, I think both those guys could work a two out of three fall in this match very very well. Um, so I like I like that. Uh, my my next match is a Russian chain match: Nikol- Nikita Koloff versus Big Josh. So uh, Koloff is is mad about not getting Sting, and we'll get into why he's not getting Sting a little bit later, as promised. Uh, so he makes an open challenge. He said, hey, someone from the back, you come out here, and Nikita's going to whip you with this chain because I got to get my frustrations out on somebody. So what I originally thought about one-man gang, because that would be just cool to see Nikita and, and OMG go at it, Again, I'm trying to keep heel face lines. Big Josh, who worked a lumberjack character, was a face. He was played by Matt Bourne, who was a later of the original Doink. Bourne's a big guy, good worker. Uh, I think could match up well with Koloff here. But I would just make this a brutal squash to get Koloff over and to position him for a future title shot. Um, again, we're going to get into to why he's not facing Sting, Sting later on. Uh, but but I... I would you, but I, 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 at one point I did not have Nikita Koloff on the show at all. And then I was like, I, I think I got to have him on there. And then I talked about also trimming all the, all the bad gimmicks, but this was actually one of the better matches on the show, which most people tell you the Russian chain match between Koloff and Singh. And I think you do have to have some gimmicks. And again, the idea that it feels like both of us are probably going to be changing up a lot, like at the last minute because yeah. of the flare thing. So you still have to deliver on some of your promises. So a Russian chain match is promised. I'm still going to deliver a Russian chain match. Right. Well, we'll get to mine a little bit later. We had the same similar idea. Um, so okay. my second match, I actually liked what you did with Brian Pillman just taking the mask off. Um, so I'm going to do like a kind of audible here at the last minute in that, because my match was the yellow dog versus the great Muda. So 
I'm very much okay taking the mask off and just having it be Brian Pillman versus the Great Muda. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a stupid. It was a stupid gimmick. Nobody cared about it, and you know, Brian Pillman was great in the ring. He didn't need the mask, or I mean, rather, he didn't need the gimmick. But uh, yeah, so yeah, the angle. Yeah, yeah so the this would be a great match uh the great muda is one of those characters that uh you know jim ross has talked about a lot uh on his podcast uh who should have been world champ and he apparently pitched it but nobody wanted to have it i think these guys could have a really great match you have two really distinct styles we have more of a japanese style wrestling because you know high flying i think that they could really bring the house down so that's my number two Definitely. No, I didn't use Muda because he wasn't on the original show. I did find some lists that said he was with the company, and I know he was working with them at the time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm probably remiss for not using Muda now. Uh, but yeah, that would be probably a good match. So my next bout up was going to be the Junkyard Dog versus Johnny B. Bad with Teddy Long. So not a great technical match, but both these guys uh, had great over-the-top personalities, and I think that personality clashes your story here you know bad who's played by mark marrow was this little richard parody character who was supposed to be about soul and jive and sort of that music and that persona and all this and then you have jyd who also has that sort of feel and i think he would think that bad was fake he was a poser hey i'm really from the streets i'm really from that era and that music you're not and so, you know, he would he would want to go against Giant B. Bat. So this is just a personality thing. And since Dog was on his way down, Bat was on his way up, I would have Bat win via interference from Teddy Long. And then I would have JYD beat up Teddy Long after to get some of his, of his heat back and the pop of the crowd. But again, I admit this wouldn't be a great match, but I think it would be a good personality um, Matt, it's could be good for that way. Personality is not technical speaking. I like I like the feud and the story behind it. I think that that could be uh, really interesting to watch. Uh, yeah, I, I would. I see. I would. I'd be interested in in seeing how that one unfolded. Um, so my next match, it's ridiculous. I don't care. And uh, we have the Diamond Stud with DDP versus Oz with Merlin the Wizard in a loser leaves town match. And I'm going to tell you right now how this one ends. It's a double DQ. Both of them get the hell out of here. <laughs> They're both going to WWF anyway, shortly down the road here. And, and uh, yeah, this, these, these gimmicks are, are not the finest for either of these guys. Diamond stud isn't nearly as bad as Oz, obviously. You know, and, uh, you know, Oz being Kevin Nash would eventually become Vinny Vegas as well. Um, that one wasn't good either. Loser leaves town, double DQ. The crowd would love it. I guarantee it. <laughs> so there you go. You know, you seem to do that a lot. You have loser leaves town matches where you just do red of talent you don't like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, I might not be the most popular booker in that regard. If somebody sees yes. we're going to lose or lose town, they're going to be like, oh, shit, we're both. <laughs> oh, we're gone. <laughs> so my next match uh, is actually the very first one I thought of. It's like, this is the this is the one I got to have on the show. And it's Robert Gibson and Bobby Eaton versus Terrence Taylor and Richard Morton with Alexandra York. So a lot of people will tell you the best match on the show was probably Gibson versus Morton. They were 
of course, in the Midnight Express. Uh, when Gibson got injured, that's when Morton went over to the York Foundation, turns on Gibson, becomes Richard Morton. We talked about the York Foundation, have a whole video on them. Right. And, um, but since they're both, you know, tag team specialists and they're known for tag wrestling, I would say make this a tag match. And one thing that never made sense to me was why is Steve Austin and Terry Taylor or Terrence Taylor tagging in the opener? Because Austin's not a member of the York Foundation. Right. You know? It doesn't make it sense. No sense yeah. so, so I would have Morton and Taylor. They challenge Gibson to a tag match because the idea is, hey, we're doing this because we know nobody's going to tag with you because Rick, Rick, Ricky or Richard carried your ass in the Rock and Roll Express. You're a loser. Nobody wants to tag with you. That's why we're challenging you to a tag match. So surprise tag team partner is Bobby Eaton. Bobby Eaton is a face at this point. He separated from the Midnight Express. He was feuding with the York Foundation off and on. And the fact that who knows Ricky Morton better than Robert Gibson, but Bobby Eaton, because they wrestled against each other so many times. Right. So I think you would get a great crowd pop from the reveal of Eaton as the mystery partner. You get this great super team of Gibson Eaton tagging together. I think that would be super memorable for people uh, of putting them together. And while it may make sense for the heels to win here, it's the York Foundation, and I can't job out my super team. So Eaton Gibson would win, probably with Eaton going over Taylor. So you can keep the Gibson Morton feud going, and then you can do like a spinoff singles match between Eaton and Taylor in this as, as well. I, I like that tag match. That would be that would be great. And you're right about the uh, Eaton um, Gibson tag. I think that that would definitely get a crowd reaction in this era um, because there is so much history there. That would so yeah, that would be great. Um, I'm not quite at the that those guys yet, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, my next match is a number one contenders match for the tag team titles. And it is a triple cage match that we have Dustin and Dusty Rhodes versus the Freebirds versus the Young Pistols versus Dick Slater and Dick Murdoch. I almost used Dusty. That's all I was going to say. I was like, well, he's booking. He's around. I almost right. used, but I didn't. Yep. Yep. So I, I feel like, I, you know, I love the triple cage. Um, idea you know that it was only done uh you know a couple times but uh and you know what i don't even know necessarily what the rules would be here you know maybe they would need to make their way up the cage or down the cage it really doesn't matter it's a triple cage match and i think that this would be great you have so many different styles here you have you know the free birds could do so many bumps you have dustin and dusty could do their thing dick slater and dick murdoch could add a brawl feel to it certainly um the Young Pistols, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Tracy Smothers and uh, was it Steve Armstrong? Steve Armstrong. Steve Armstrong, yeah, more high flyers. Yeah, this would be this would be one of my high the highlights of my card here. Wow, that's crazy! I never would have thought of that. I love it though. You know what? And uh, I, I probably would have uh, Dustin and Dusty go over here. Yeah, I yeah, that's probably what I would do too. That's cool. Um, so my next match, guess what? It's a loser leaves town match. <laughs> And it's going to be Ron Simmons versus Hacksaw Butch Reed with Teddy Long. So Simmons and Reed were part of Doom, which I think is a fantastically underrated tag team. They were great. 
and they actually had they split up and they had a cage match at Super Bowl one which Simmons won and Reed so this is kind of my little bit of a cheat because Reed would basically disappear for a few months and then come back but I think he was still technically signed with them he just wasn't around so I would and so I would do a more definitive blow off. I mean, a cage match is pretty definitive, but have Simmons run Reed out of town. Simmons is poised to get a rocket strapped to his butt and shot to the moon at this point. As mentioned on the original show, he winds up beating Oz and then goes on a tear. He goes up as Oz goes down. And so, but I think this would be a more meaningful match. It would even be a more definitive into that feud. And it would really help push Simmons more. And again, if Reed's going to take a break anyway, this will allow him to go off and then he could come back in early 92 as, as he originally did. Right. You know, that I, I like that. And, you know, I thought about doing that match as well. And then I looked up the history. I saw that they had the cage match and I wasn't sure. I was like, what else could I do with these guys that hasn't been done yet yet? So, uh, you know, I ended up going in a different direction with Ron Simmons later on here, but uh, I, I like, I like that idea. I do think that they should have had a more high profile blow off. Um, so yeah, that would be, that would be cool to see. Um, so the next match I have is one that I actually kept the same and oh. that's Richard Morton versus Robert Gibson. I, I might have made this feud go on a little bit longer and had it escalate, but uh I think that these guys could have had maybe a longer match, but uh, I, 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 this is, that's one that I, I kept the same. Uh, I think it looks good on paper. We know that they can deliver in the ring. I wouldn't have changed much there. Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree with that. If I didn't do that tag match, I did. I probably would just left that match alone. Right. Um, but thinking of that angle by incorporating Bobby Eaton, I loved, and I went with that, but yeah, I mean, leaving that alone of any match is, a good choice. So my next bout is uh, for the WCW US Tag Team Titles because I want the belts defended on on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, is the fabulous Freebirds, Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin, who were the champs at the time with Big Daddy Dink, versus the Young Pistols of Steve Armstrong and Tracy Smothers. No great booking ideas here. The Freebirds versus the Pistols were the feud at the time. Of course, they were involved in that six man elimination match for no reason on the regular card to make a straight up tag match put the belts on the line and just let these guys go. Just give them some time and let them go. I would probably have the free birds uh, win here, retain the titles via cheating. Maybe let the pistols clear the ring after to get a little heat back. Uh, but again, nothing crazy here. Uh, I, I said to you before we came on the air, I don't think I like this card as much as I like the WrestleMania one and two cards that we did, because a lot of it here for me was just cleaning up the mess. Yeah. It's like, let's just do what makes sense. Right. And and clean up the mess. So just a straight up US tag title match. I, I yeah, I like that. Uh, you know, I was never a big fan of the Freebirds ring work other than Terry Gordy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Terry, Terry Gordy to me was like the the gold standard of that group. Um, you take him away, which is what's happening in in this era, mm-hmm. and you are left with, you know, to me not a great tag team but i like the match that you set up i think it would have been more and i do think that those titles should have been defended i agree with that totally so mm-hmm. my next match now <laughs> i don't know if i would consider this a cheat because these guys are both on the roster 
Now they're not in the company. Well, they're in the company, but you don't really know what they're doing at this time. So my match is Abdullah the Butcher versus Big Van Vader in an I Quit match. So okay, <laughs> Vader was obviously doing some stuff in Japan, but at this specific time, I couldn't find any definitive like he was here doing this. So he needs to be on this card. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the bloodshed? that these two guys would have put into an I quit match. It would have been great. You know, Abdul the Butcher might not be the greatest in-ring technician, but Vader is a good big man. And I think that these guys could have had just a knockdown, drag out, bloody brawl um, to really get the crowd on their feet. So, Yeah, if you just want blood and fighting and weapons and crap, yeah, Abdullah is great for that. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't use either one of them either. I saw a list that had them on there. And when I saw Vader, I was like, oh, he's probably in Japan. I'm just not going to worry about it. Right. Again, you, you, I mean, every time that you bring up one of these guys, I go, yeah, I didn't think to use him. I go, damn, I wish I would have. (laughs) Uh, because again, Vader would be an awesome talent to have on here. And that is a great, great match that you got. I like that idea a lot. Um, so back to me wanting title, titles defended. I've got the WCW television title. Uh, champ stunning Steve Austin with Lady Blossom, who was his wife at the time, versus the natural Dustin Rhodes. Uh, Rhodes was up and coming, face for the company. He was getting a push because of his dad. Uh, Austin was pretty entrenched as a TV champion at this point and starting to gain some notoriety for being a good worker. And it's incredible to think how green these guys were at the time. Yeah. Austin, I looked it up. Austin debuted in 89 and Rhodes in 88. And this is 91 but how good they were already and the pushes they were getting already. So just let these two guys go out there. Just let them work, see what they can do. I would certainly keep the belt on Austin at this time. Uh, Probably, you know, with a foot on the ropes, holding the tights, something, something cheap and easy, uh, like Lady Blossom. And I'm sorry. You know what? That just popped in my head. That wasn't a planned dig. Uh, So, so yeah, so I would just have Austin – retain here but i think this would be a good match if you gave it some time and and i think those two guys i'm sure they did work together i didn't look that up but i'm sure they could work very well together they did they did work together i want to say on a couple clashes um but these guys had great matches they had great chemistry um and this would have been a great match for this card absolutely mm-hmm. um yeah i mean if leonard if you haven't seen any of their matches i highly recommend looking them up i i, I forget where all they are um but i know i watched i'm sure i've seen them back in the day i just did and them came to mind but i would certainly look them up because i definitely would 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 guess on paper they would work well together yeah no and this yeah they these guys had great chemistry and to be honest with you i thought that they had such good chemistry like they one of the best opponents for for austin in general i i would i would say um if i was making a top 10 opponent list for him i would certainly put dustin on there um so the next match I have is my sort of cheat. So okay. that would be for the tag team titles, Arn Anderson and Barry Windham versus the Steiners. Now, obviously, Scott Steiner has a bicep injury, but he does stuff in the actual event. So I feel like he could pull it together to have a match here. And I also should add Missy Hyatt and Paul Lee dangerously are in separate shark cages. So you just, (laughs) so you just have 
a regular tag team match other than the shark cages, no gimmick. And uh, I mean, this would be great. I mean, these guys are all terrific and it would be a great tag team match. Um, I, you know, I might put Anderson and Wyndham over, but uh, I, I think it could be excellent. Okay. So here's my next match. Steiner <laughs> Brothers, Scott and Rick, your tag team champions playing the belts on the line with Messi Hyatt against the enforcers of Arn Anderson and Larry Zabisco with Paul E. Dangerously. Ah. So, so this uh, is also my time. I, I mentioned you before we went on the air that I also worked on some time travel. So the enforcers um, came about, I couldn't find an exact date for them, but it seems like they were put together coming out of the show in order to be entered into the tag tournament. And they eventually won that tag tournament over Rick Steiner and Bill Kazmaier. So as you said, Bill Kazmaier stuff on this show. It's a bicep tear. The very least he can stand on the ring apron. He does. Doesn't he do a Frankensteiner? I mean, it's an awful one, but yes, I think, yeah, I think it, I think it is. So, I mean, he can, he can do stuff. Right. So I would have this match. I would, I would, have Scott start. He tags out. Have Paul get in Missy Hyde's face. He slaps Missy, puts Missy down, and Scott would come over to help out. And then he gets attacked from behind by Larry Zabisco or Arn. Doesn't matter. And then so Scott's injured. Missy helps him to the back. And Rick is basically in a two on one handicap match against the enforcers. Right. Have Rick fight his ass off. Uh, but eventually he just can't beat the numbers and he loses and you move the belt to the enforcers without having it be vacant, without having to do the tournament. Right. You get the same result and Scott can go take his time off to heal the bicep tear. And then you have a ready-made feud for, for them when he comes back. Scott wants revenge. Right. So you've got a great feud already set up for them coming back. You don't have vacant title belts. Again, you're putting the enforcers together early, but it seemed like if I am, I'm doing it by like a week or, or two. Right. So, and again, like you, yeah, Scott can definitely work this match. Right. So the, I wouldn't even call that a cheat. I would just call it, you know, working around the injury. Right. And the point is like, there are, I understand. So he has an injury, but if he had done nothing in this show, I would say, okay, he must've been seriously hurt, but he does do stuff in the show. So there are other ways we can make this work mm -hmm. and i think either of our ideas <laughs> could have been really well done yours yours was very good too the way mm -hmm. the, the setup of the match and have him going to the back and stuff uh, works really well uh, for me so uh my second to last match i had nine matches on my card okay i've got two more to go as well okay so my second to last match is nikita koloff versus ron simmons in a russian chain match okay so, we, you talked about earlier how Ron Simmons was going to get the uh, the rocket strapped to him. To me, if I was going to do that, then here is where I would push him farther up that ladder, have him go against Nikita Koloff. You still have the Russian chain match, which is on the original card. I would have Simmons go over here, but I think that this would have been a great match between two muscular guys, and I think both of their physiques – would have been well suited to the Russian chain gimmick. So yeah, that is my, that's my second to last um, because Ron Simmons, you know, was obviously a star in the making here. So. 
Yeah, I think that, that's a good choice as well. And, um, you know, you're really giving Ron a hard push here. So I, I mean, I think that's good. I think, I think Ron was underrated and, and I actually like his time when he was on top. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I and then, yeah, I think that would definitely help to elevate him. He's coming off of the cage match win against Butch Reed. He was a chain match against Nikita Koloff. Oh God, yeah, he's going to look really good. If, if only they hadn't given him opponents like the Barbarian when he was... <laughs> right yeah no, again matching up the right guy and the right gimmicks and all that right so my second to last match is for the wcw u.s title and it is lex luger champion at the time versus the diamond stud with diamond dallas page Ooh. so originally luger won the the world title here had to ab- advocate the u.s belt uh it was vacant abdicate i think I advocate abdicate and, you know, as I said earlier, I don't want all these vacant belts. So I would have Jim Hurd come on and announce, hey, with Flair leaving the company, it's very important that all our titles are defended. So Luger, we need you to defend the U.S. title. You know, sorry, but we got to take you out of that title match and you have to defend the U.S. title. So Luger is outraged by this. And I originally was going to have it be cool off here, but... Scott Hall feels like a more fun opponent to me, uh, even in this gimmick of the Diamond Stud. So on one hand, you've got Luger angry about not getting his world title shot. On the other, he's very lackadaisical about defending the U.S. title belt. He doesn't want it. He doesn't care. So I would have DDP interfering throughout, distracting the referee, and then out of nowhere, we get the debut of Vinny Vegas. Oh, God. So Vinny Vegas, again, more time travel. <laughs> Vinny Vegas doesn't come along till early 92. The Oz character was shot at this point. They weren't, he gets jobbed out through until the fall, and then they cool him a little bit and bring him back as Vinny Vegas. Jump ahead, just make him be Vinny Vegas. He comes in, he attacks Luger from behind, and Stud wins the title. So, yes, I'm making the Diamond Stud the U.S. champion. Wow. Uh, with, with, uh, Vinny Vegas and DDP in his corner. And I, I, again, I know that as some people, including you, Chad, probably think that is a dumb idea. And it is. But when I kind of shuffled things around, I was like, screw it. I'm just, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> so I did it. <laughs> hey, it would have been interesting to see how his career would have been different if he had become the U.S. champion. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at, at, especially at a time where, you know, I think if you had the U.S. T- title on a heel and he's got a support system, and Hall was not a bad worker. I mean, he, I mean, he really oh. turned things on when he became Razor Ramon, but he was not a bad worker. And if we're talking Kevin Nash, I mean, he could still move at this point. This is even even better than when he was Diesel. So, and, you know, so, like, why are you jobbing out the seven-foot dude as Oz? So let's repackage him. Let's make him a bodyguard. Let's, you know, do something with that. Again, you have these three really good talents. They're put in a dumb position. Let's try to do something. Right. Well, that would have been interesting to see for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Oh, I forgot to add earlier, I would have had Big Van Vader go over Abdullah the Butcher. Uh, oh yeah i would have guessed that yeah um so my main event and i've kind of i think i've deduced what yours is leonard just by process of elimination i I believe i've deduced yours by process of elimination. right 
So I would have had Sting with El Gigante versus Lex Luthor, Lex, not Lex Luthor, Lex Luger. That'd be way better. With Harley Race and Mr. Hughes uh, for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, special referee Larry Zabisco. Oh. So I would have had this. So obviously this match would happen um, at Super Bowl II. And so that feud is a little ways from happening, but there's really no reason that you can't fast forward it and have it here. Because, and I think it would have been a really good story. You have these two friends, they're facing each other. Lex Luger's the heel. I would have, it would have been a straight up match. You know, if you wanted to have shenanigans with El Gigante and Harley Race and Mr. Hughes outside the ring, you could do that. You have Larry Zabisco as the referee and like, you know, no pun intended, the enforcer inside the ring. Would have been four or five stars. Who knows? It's Lex Luger. But I think it would have been a good main event on paper and uh that's what I, I would have had sting go over but uh that that would be my main event and like i should add that this was a hard card to do like it really took some digging and some thinking outside the box for me to get a card that i was happy with and uh you know after the last time we did this rebook and i was like okay i can cut some matches i don't have to keep everybody <laughs> like you know that's how i kind of got into a better groove with mm -hmm. it um but i should add on a very side note the poster for the original event actually has flair and luger on oh, it yeah. legend versus legacy i guess was the tagline there um which it'd be interesting to get that poster seeing as how that main event didn't actually happen but uh mm -hmm. but yeah so that's my main event sting versus luger sting going over yeah that should be a uh, uh... Number one of our T-shirts should be like five stars question mark, and then the back says, "Who knows? It's Lex Luger." <laughs> I think that should be hey, one of our shirts. I'm, I'm all I'm all for that, and I should add that this like if you were going to start the Luger staying feud here, you could still build to something at Super Brawl too. And like even if yeah. I'm just thinking outside the box, let's say you have Luger go over instead of Sting, you could still have Sting go on to win Battle Bowl, I suppose, if you really needed him to. And you could still have them go on to face each other at Super Brawl 2, maybe just with a gimmick attached. So there you go. Oh, yeah. You can definitely get more mileage out of that. So my main event is Tom Zink versus El Gigante. <laughs> and, no. no. No, it isn't. Well, for a minute, for a second there, I was like, oh, my God, he's serious. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I decided to tank WCW from the inside. Uh, no, no, it is process of elimination. Sting versus Barry Windham inside of a steel cage for the vacant WCW world title. So again, what I mentioned before with the Russian chain match, a cage match wasn't necessarily needed here, but they promised a cage match. So I think right. you have to deliver a cage match. So I would still have them deliver a cage match. And my original idea here was actually to have a four-man tournament. So to do Luger Windham, Sting Koloff, have those winners, Sting Luger, meet up in the in, in the main event. And then, I don't know, they felt a little more messy. It felt like adding too much in. So what I would do is just have Jim Hurd say, hey, Luger, since you have to defend the U.S. title, since Flair's gone, and they had the, the rankings back in the day, and the rankings were just where they said they were. Right. So we'd say, well, then our next top two guys are Sting and Barry Windham, and that's going to be the match, and we promise a steel cage, and it's going to be a steel cage, and that's what you would do. So... 
Both these guys were tremendous workers at the time. Barry Windham could work with anybody, one of the best workers at the time. Sting, this was before he blew out his knee, so he's greatly athletic, uh, really good here. I think this could be a four or five star match if you just let them go, if they use the cage properly, which I know that they could. Um, so I would have Sting win because he's your most popular wrestler, face of the company. And then I would have, say, Lex Luger come out and have him, like, in the cage, and it looks like he's going to, like, congratulate Sting, but then he beats Sting up. So you can still get that heel turn from Luger. So coming out of this event, you've got Koloff, who's upset as as a possible contender, Wyndham in a rematch, Luger, uh, you know, Sting has a long history with the great Muda. So you have a lot of uh, possible... Um, you know, matchups for Sting. So right. like you were saying, you can still get to Sting Luger at Super Brawl 2 through a variety of different ways. Maybe Luger wins Battle Bull. You have Sting, you know, finish the feud with Koloff. You have him give Wyndham a rematch. There's a lot that you could do coming out of it. Absolutely. And um, yeah, you know, I was just thinking while you were talking about that, man, I don't know if Wyndham and Sting ever had a proper match to really show off their skills maybe they did i don't i don't know um, yeah i'd have to look that up there's a lot of times where sometimes i'll look up and say oh i wonder if this match actually happened right and then i just didn't think to do to do that with this um they were certainly you know he he on the right side of the hill face dynamics at the right points right and sting was always feuding with the horsemen so i i would guess it happened but i i don't think it was prominent like i right i don't remember that being like a prominent match anywhere on any show so yeah no um I, I like both of our cards leonard i think that we both came up with really good cards and you know what you gave me an idea in the back of my head for a future rebook uh, when you mentioned the tournament idea because that never even had occurred to me um but i'm going to put it in the back of my head for okay. possibly a future event mm-hmm. but uh yeah no I, I mean i think we both had really good cards i think we both used the roster better and i think we also planned for, ahead of for the future really well which right, you know they, they didn't really do here. Like I guess they, you know, they had Battle Bowl coming up. Um, they had the you know Japan WCW show coming up on the horizon. You know, which was just kind of a blip. So you know, there was a lot of a lot of weirdness going on in WCW in this era, um, which didn't and it didn't help the fact that Flair was not there and showing up on WWF television with. The world title belt which you know you said he had a deposit for and they yeah, give him the money back and i don't blame him for not returning it why would you um but yeah so any final thoughts on this uh card no just you know everything you you said is is is, is totally true and the idea that we thought from the future where their thought was let's just get through this piece of crap <laughs> yeah yeah you true. know it's like let's just do this where and again hindsight's twenty twenty. you know Let's form the enforcers early. Oh, Scott can work. Let's use him. You know, that you know, there's a lot of things in hindsight that we did, I think. But at the same time, I think there these are things that when you're internally on the ground, you could also say, Well, let's make sure our titles are defended. Right. Or a capture the flag scaffold match. That's dumb. Let's not do that. You know, right. So I so yeah, I think again, I like both of our cards a lot. Once again, I think I like yours better than I like mine. Um, but but it's just, yeah, we both just 
used the talent against you know their best opponents we we made sure titles were defended we cleaned out the bad gimmicks we cleaned out some of the dead weight talent and you know it, it it was a pretty simple thing to at least improve upon what what happened absolutely well if you have any thoughts on this card if you would have booked it differently let us know uh there are ways you can look at the roster out there and uh make sure to check us out on apple podcasts and spotify check out my other show dailies to downloads for leonard my name is chad thank you for joining us and we will see you next week